to Crackin' One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And on this episode, we'll be drinking some beer. Some beer where I know a little bit about what we're drinking. Kind of. I know the brand. I know a little bit what the can art looks like. I <laughs> it's kind of escaping my brain. Ah. Uh, I just don't know what it is. But I'm excited because it's a six-point beer. Can't go wrong with six-point. I believe it's our first the episode dedicated solely to six point. Yes. Despite the fact that we talk about it a decent amount in the show. Yeah. And that I've loved everything that has come out of six point. Mm-hmm. Six point back in the day was the first beer to release. I believe it was their jammer. Yes. The one that was the closest to geyser goes that I could mm-hmm. find at the time. Yep. So thank you geyser goes for fixing a hole in my heart. <laughs> but after that geyser goes came back out. And after that, it went away again. And also I can't find six point jammer anymore around where we are. So. No, and it actually wasn't on their website. So <sighs> I don't know if that's part of their uh, core lineup anymore. So are Salty Gozes just gone? I don't know, man. They seem to be harder to come by. Man, why are these hazy IPAs all over the place? But my Salty Gozes had to go away. I had an Imperial Porter last night <laughs> by accident. It's so syrupy and gross. I mean, it tasted good, but it was not meant for the summertime. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Meanwhile, my geyser goes totally ready for summertime. And so is Jammer. Six point. If you're listening, bring back that Jammer. (laughs) I need some of that salty goodness. (laughs) But regardless, everything else I've had from Six Point is great. So what are we drinking today? Well, I think you'll be excited to know that this week we're cracking open super raspy. A goza from Six Point. Yes! (laughs) Located in Brooklyn, New York. Are you kidding me? No. Ah, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you just smiled was, at me while my rant was going. Yeah. <laughs> that could not have been a more perfect segue. Yes. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> so is this replacing their jammer? No. Okay. This is not part of their core lineup. Tell me more, Kimosabi. I will. So according to their website, Six Point was founded in 2004, quote, in the rough and tumble neighborhood of Red Hook, Brooklyn. It was essentially, they say, a cult brewery. Draft only, mysterious, cryptic. (laughs) In 2010, they released their canned creations and have been tweaking, improving and releasing new formulations ever since. Then in May of 2017, they took their biggest step forward to date, releasing all of their ales raw and unfiltered and simultaneously incorporating new and incredible raw materials obtained over years of sourcing. All right. Which sounds really like that's directly from their website and it sounds really cool. But what do they mean? What are what are these? To me, it sounds like you're going to get a whole bunch of gross sediment at the bottom of each glass. (laughs) That's what I hear. Unfiltered, totally unfiltered, which means at the bottom of every glass is some goop you don't want to drink. We promise it doesn't <laughs> like affect the, the flavor. Kombucha. Yeah, we promise it doesn't affect the flavor or texture. Now that's not reading directly from Six Point. This no, is just, not at all. These are just my assumptions. Yeah, I'm really anti. Editor's notes. Yes. Uh, so Six Point said that quote Mad Science is the foundation of their creativity and defines their formulation. It starts with a solid bedrock of scientific knowledge, because without that, well, it's simply madness. From there, you add a dose of unbridled creativity, free thinking that borders on insanity. The methods are chaotic, but the results are undeniable. Their philosophy is demonstrated in their formulation. They don't, quote, reverse engineer beers to shoot at established guidelines. Instead, they visualize what a beer could be. 
how it could taste, smell, look, and feel, and then set out through a blend of art and science to create it. Their creativity is not shackled to any style guidelines because style simply has no guidelines. Good bring back jammer. It's mad science. <laughs> mad science. Weird science. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what was in my head. Thank you. But before we get to the beer, Six Point also actually has an explanation of why they chose their signature symbol, the nautical star. Mm. Um, these are the things we want to know. Other breweries out there who have... Weird symbols. Weird symbols, yeah. So anyway, the six-point star is an amalgamation of the nautical star and the German Brauerstern, two symbols deep in the six-point DNA. The nautical star is plastered around Red Hook, Brooklyn as an homage to its hearty roots as a port town. It was an old sailor symbol regarded in myth for its ability to guide ships home safely. And the German Brauerstern was an ancient mark of quality for German brewers and the official symbol of the Brewers Guild, which was one of the first trade guilds in Europe. Ooh! Put the two together and you have a symbol of twofold power. Look for the six point star to guide you directly to great beer. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, like I mentioned, we are talking about super raspy in which a quote lush Juicy burst of tart raspberry blitzes the taste buds like an electric blast of berry flavor. It's in all caps on the website. That's why I said it. Very well done. Uh, (laughs) And aroma. In super raspy, loads of raspberries and a touch of milk sugar have their powers combined for a mouthwatering, super tasty brew. So super raspy is part of their infinite loop series. Um, basically, they have a year-round category with the favorites of the mad scientists, which are brewed year-round and are available through their full network. Then there's the Infinite Loop series, dictated by mad scientists' whims, <laughs> and they, quote, blast these beers to our full network, but they only show up every so often. And Super Raspy is one of the Infinite Loop series. All right, all right. And then finally, they have their small batch series, and they say that, quote, these beers come out of the original Mad Scientist Laboratory in super small batches. They're often experimental, sour, funky, or aged in barrels. And I feel like we've probably never seen them around here, which sucks because they're probably pretty amazing. They're probably so only at the brewery or maybe in like small batches, maybe in New yeah. York City or just Brooklyn. Kind of like their version, like their own version of Area 2. Kind of, yeah. Well, everybody's got like an experimental batch. Mm. But they have like a whole series dedicated to it is what I'm, oh. why I'm com- making that comparison. Mm. Um, And currently, as a side note, they have very interesting collaborations going on. One is called Slice Sipper, and it's an ale brewed with Mike's Hot Honey, lemon mm. peel, chilies, and black peppercorn. All right, I'm down. Yeah, I figured you would be. And the other is a double Hefeweizen with vanilla called Extra Banana, which is mm. a collaboration with Magnolia Bakery. Mm. Yum. Yeah. And uh, since we've only fo- covered two Gozas on the podcast and I only talked about the history on the first one that we did, Geyser Goza. Yay. R.I.P. Which was like our second episode. Um, how about a little history refresher? Refresh my memory. So according to hopculture.com, 
The Goza beer style dates all the way back to the 16th century in Goslar, Germany, where the saline waters of the Goza River were used for brewing. It became so popular in the 16th and 17th centuries that it migrated about 180 kilometers west to the city of Leipzig, where it gained status as a regional specialty. They made it exempt from the Rheinheitsgebot. The what? We've talked about this before. You just want me to say it again. I do. I remember what it was. (laughs) It's the German purity law, which said that beer could only include water, barley, yeast, and hops. So in addition to malted barley, gozas are brewed with malted wheat and coriander. And using spontaneous fermentation results in tart and herbal characteristics. And spontaneous fermentation basically means that the the wort uh, is cooled, like it's open to experience. It's exposed to open air, okay, which allows yeast and bacteria in the air to inoculate it for fermentation. So is that like the cool ship at area two, like when they leave the beer open on the table? I think so. Okay. That would be my best guess. But also, I'm pulling that out of my butt. So send this girl to beer school, right? <laughs> uh, so after putting the brew into barrels, Goza breweries would deliver them to taverns to continue fermenting in cool, dark basements. By the 1800s, these Goza taverns, or Gozenschanken, <laughs> were everywhere. Can you say that again? No. <laughs> Pretty sure I said it wrong the first time. No, I'm not going to get any better. Gozenschanken. So for some reason, the Goza lost its popularity over time. And by the beginning of World War II, only one Goza brewery remained in Germany. And that ended up closing its doors by 1945. The Goza barely survived, only kept alive by a handful of passionate brewers through the 1960s. So then in the 1980s, uh, along comes this guy named Lothar Golden, and he comes along and purchases an old Goza tavern, spending a few years after that gathering enough information and old recipes to bring it back and start brewing again with the help of a brewery in East Berlin. Thank you, Lothar. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's one of my favorite styles. So I, I'm guessing you're about ready to uh, to crack this baby open. Oh, we don't know what uh, what's in there, huh? No, unfortunately. I I saw all the information about the brewery on the website and I got excited. And then when I did the research about the beer itself, I was like, oh. But to be fair, I have never been able to find the hops in any of the Gozas. We, we've covered three Gozas total and I couldn't find anything about them. I wonder if Gozas even have hops. They gotta have hops because it's a beer. You, I, I don't know. I don't know. Send me to beer school. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they all use pretty much the same. I'm sure they use German noble hops. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Sweet. Yes, I want to drink this. I want to drink these right now. <laughs> all right. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, holy raspberry. They are not mm, kidding. Salty raspberry. I feel like this is like I personally, sorry, dad, am not a huge fan of raspberry, like as a fruit, like as a fruit filling. It is also my mommy's favorite fruit. Oh, sorry, mama. We have, you have disappointed both of our families. I don't know. (laughs) It's just, it's not, there are other flavors I would prefer fruit wise that I think it's the grit of the fruit. The little seeds are annoying. Yes. Raspberries are not my favorite either. 
But I love everything raspberry flavored. Yes. It's just too, it's too much of a pain in the ass to eat like a blueberry or a grape. Even a strawberry is a little less annoying. Oh, but yeah. I love, I love strawberries. strawberries and blueberries. But yeah, so that's why I'm not a huge fan of raspberry like in like a cake or whatever. But I do love raspberry flavor, like you said, and this smells amazing. I like raspberry and cake because usually they make it jammy and they take out the seeds. Oh, or yeah. most of them. Yeah. I've had some, we've had some banging wedding cake that has had raspberry jam. That's true. That's true. All right. You ready? <laughs> ready. Cheers. Cheers. It smells salty. It does. Salty and raspberry. Well, that is not at all what I thought it would taste like. No, it's a little different. I guess this is a goza. It's not very salty. No. It smells salty, but it doesn't taste salty. It smells super salty. But it's also very high in proof, which most gozas are pretty drinkable. Yeah. Pretty like crushable in that like 5% range. Mm -hmm. This This is is 8.3. 8.3. It doesn't have an alcohol taste, which the salt might be blocking, Mm -hmm. but also it's losing some of that extra saltiness. But. I kind of expected this to have more of a, um, an effect. A tingle on your jawline. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little More like a warhead. I was hoping for that. But I will I say what this doesn't disappoint is in the raspberryness. Oh, it's so raspberry. It the first sip I took, I had to check for seeds. <laughs> I was like, nope, no seeds. How did they achieve this? It tastes like very much kind of like a raspberry jam, but it's light. It's still drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's I, that very must be light. the lactose, the milk sugar. I was with the milk sugar in it too. Might be killing the might uh, be killing the saltiness. Salt. Yeah. See, I like me a salty goza. Yeah, it's like. The saltier, the better. But you notice this doesn't say it's a goza on the can, though. It does. It says it's a sour ale with raspberry. Oh. Perhaps made originally in the goza style, and then they add all that stuff, and then it kind of goes away. Hmm. So they might start with the goza recipe, but what it ends up with is not a goza. Wait, so. Are you looking it up? Did you lie to me? No. What I looked up. Hold on. So apparently some of her sources were wrong. This may not be a goes after all, although Untapped calls it a goes. Yeah. But Untapped. And I swear that wasn't the only place I saw it. But I do not believe this to be a goes because it's not salty. No. So maybe these people just think any sour beer is a goza. Yeah. I mean, gozas were what started kind of sours, at least at like two roads when they started their sour tanker truck series, mm-hmm. most like everything was a goes in the go style at first and then kind of went from there and became different kind of sours. Yeah. So I wonder if just some people just think and call everything that's sour a goes the style. And yeah, sorry guys. I rushed this week's uh, research or what I call beer search mm-hmm. <laughs> because I thought that we were going to be recording the episode in a hurry yesterday. So I uh, I just spread some misinformation there. Hey, Sorry, Six Point. <laughs> six Point needs to get on Untapped and fix that description. Yeah. I mean, Untapped's where a lot untapped of people is... get their information and stuff like that. So yep. if I made a beer and Untapped was listing it wrong, I'd be like, no, it's a sour, not a Goza. Yeah. Unless it is a Goza. I mean, it still could be. It started in the Goza style and stopped from there. It doesn't not have some saltiness to it. Yeah. And it just doesn't have a lot of saltiness to it like most gozas. I I feel like like that was part of why I was super excited because I don't think we've ever had a raspberry goza. We've had fruited gozas. We've had like strawberry-ish or like red fruited gozas before. Plum? Maybe. Well, we definitely had the plum. Yeah, but that's the only one I can think of. 
No, I've had, I think, a raspberry sour before, but I'm pretty sure I've had at least a strawberry or berry flavored goza before. Oh, okay. Well, coming at it from that point of view where this is a sour ale, it meets my expectations fully. <laughs> As a sour ale, it's really, really good. It's really tasty. It's, you can't, it's dangerously high proof. Like, yeah, it does not taste like a point. Percent at all. It's easy drinking. The sour is there, but it doesn't clench your chin or your your cheeks, which yeah. means you just keep on drinking it. The raspberry is really there, but not in a jammy, heavy kind of way. And even though it has lactose in this beer, I don't feel like I'm being weighed down like lactose usually brings you down. Yeah. Like in our previous episode with the salted caramel IPA, the lactose was really making it heavy. Yeah. The lactose does not make this heavy. No, it must just be a touch. It's also, yeah, because it's a pretty it's clear not beer. Not hazy. Most lactose beers have that that very distinct lactose haze to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this does not. Super raspberry in like such a nice way. And such like an un... Like it doesn't kill your taste buds. It doesn't kill, like overtake everything. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like there's raspberry flavor. You can fully taste the raspberry, like having raspberries in your mouth, but without having like that jam or that artificial like candy or medicine-y raspberry flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not like medicinal at all. Apologies for any squeaks you may hear in the background. Our fur baby is uh, entertaining herself in the other room. We try to keep the squeak toys away from her. Apparently we missed the squeak toy. <laughs> We missed one and she found it. <laughs> Damn, son. So, yeah, I'm done with this beer already. I finished it. Uh, it was delicious. That's how good it was. You still have a ton of your beer left. I'm working on it. It's just super easy drinking. 8.3, you can't tell. It's not, not so sour all. that you can't eat with this. Like, no. I can still eat tons of food with this beer. I could have, like, a, a hamburger with this beer. Like, it's just, I could eat a burger with this. I could have fries with this. I could have dessert with this. Yeah. Like you could have anything with this and the taste doesn't linger in your mouth all that much. I have like maybe a slight fruitiness that has stayed around. I could have this on a hot summer day. I could have this in the winter time. I don't know about the winter time for me personally, but it's not a super winter really year, but yeah, it's just very raspberry with a hint of sour that makes it kind of a light beer. Even though it's 8.3, mm-hmm. the lactose probably is what stops it from being like overly like alcoholic in your mouth. It's not super carbonated. Got kind of a light carbonation going on too. I mean, I want to agree with you, but also we've been burping quietly this whole time. <laughs> oh, maybe not so quietly for me, but yes. <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel as carbonated as it apparently is. Yes. Let's put it that way. Oh, and you drink it as fast as I just drank it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this is... Again, another delicious beer from Six Point, even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily a goes, which is a little. I'm sorry. A little disappointing. I would, but that's like, I don't know, maybe that's why I clung to the idea of it being a goza because I knew that you would be excited. <laughs> I appreciate the thought. <laughs> One day I'll find a goes to replace Geyser Goza. One day. Will I? Somewhere. There. There's so many beers and beer types and breweries that there's got to be another Geyser Goza like beer out there. It's not the goes I was looking for, but it's the goes. It's not the goes I was looking for. 
<laughs> but it is. I hope you know I'm not cutting that. <laughs> it is a delicious raspberry sour. Surprisingly high proof with low, like it just, it doesn't taste like that. So if you're just looking for like, I just want one beer. I just want to feel something. Like you could have this easily and not have to worry about drinking, you know, something that's going to feel like it burns on the way down or something that's going to taste like it's going to give you diabetes. It's no, just definitely really not. Really refreshing raspberry taste to it with a slight sourness. The can's pretty cool. So the can is six point brewery on top, uh, black, about an inch and a half, maybe. It says the Infinite Loop series on top. It's got the six point logo on both halves of it. Uh, the six point logo is written with that, I don't know, kind of like Wild West font, but the S and the X in six point are definitely kind of flowery, kind of flowy. And then you got a little lightning zigzag and then brewery is written in regular lo- uh, smaller font underneath six point. Then you've got a little diamond shape uh, band that goes across as well. And this is white with black ink. And there's the six pointed star, the nautical star. And it says established 2004. And then under that is your actual can art. So the can art's really just the like 75% of the can. And it's what I thought when I saw it the first time, I thought, it was a bunch of hearts and it was like a day of the dead oh, kind of thing. But it's, okay. It's a bunch of raspberries, like cartoon raspberries, very detailed. And then the center of the image is a skull, which is probably why I thought it was day of the dead. And those were hearts and stuff. Cause I only saw it briefly in the skulls. Eyelids are, uh, eye holes are raspberries. Mm-hmm. And then he's shooting out green and pink lasers from his raspberry eye holes. <laughs> and then underneath this raspberry is eye holes. Super in script, uh, and then raspy in like big bold aerial font, and then sour with raspberry, eight point three alcohol by volume. It's really an eye catching can because you get the black and the white, and then you got boom, pink and red raspberries with a skull in the center. It really kind of draws your attention, which is nice, uh, but still kind of keeps the six point kind of molding to it, like the basic can. On the left hand side of the can, you got the independent. Craft Brewing logo. Oh, I should also say this is one of those kind of full wraparounds that take up the top and bottom half of your can, which is nice. And it's completely like, it's not glued. It's like heat wrapped onto it. One of those heat synced, as I call them, cans. Uh, and it's got the independent Craft Brewing logo, which I always say I love. Uh, but we found one brewery that was kind of big brewery had the independent Craft Brewing logo on it once, didn't it? Yes. And I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. by what that sticker means. Yeah. So I kind of want to look further into like exactly what that logo means and what are the stipulations. Because this is certified Brewers Association Independent Craft. Formulated and brewed by Six Point Brewery, Brooklyn, New York, Parkersburg, Pennsylvania, and Downington, Pennsylvania. And Six Point actually is owned or owns a couple of breweries, I believe. Mm -hmm. Which we learned when we went to that tasting, the off tasting. It was hosted by Six Point and something and something else. Yeah. They own another brewery and a seltzer company or something. Southern like that, Tier. Right? They own Southern Tier, um, which is also upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And then they owned one other thing. I can't remember. But Southern Tier is another, like, that's, if so- I did, like, tiered, that'd be a fun post, like, our, our fun episode as well, where mm-hmm. we just kind of, talk about and tier our breweries that we know of 
Because like Southern tier would be like what I would consider like almost God tier, like like top tier. It's up there. Like I've <clears throat> literally never had anything bad from them. Everything they put out is fucking phenomenal. Exactly. It's not just like good. Everything from Six Point is is amazing. And Southern tier. <laughs> everything from Southern tier is everything from Southern tier is like phenomenal. Uh, so uh, that'd be an interesting episode. Kind of break up the styles a little bit. So it's not always about a single beer. Mm hmm. Um, but I guess they're still independent craft, but like there was one brewery that had the logo and I was like, no, it's not. Oh, I just don't remember what it was. Uh, but okay. So you brought me in the direction of a list, which was, <laughs> uh, paperwork from when we went to this off tasting event. They own six point victory, Southern tier, both the brewing company and distillery and something called bold rock, which I'm pretty sure is seltzer. Hard cider, Bold Rock Hard Cider, which we've never had. No. I'd be curious about that because I also love Victory. Mm-hmm. So, and this is Artisanal Brewing Ventures. So I guess they all kind of conglomerated to create this, not quite corporation, but this corporation. Yeah. It's just off of being big beer. I would also say like if small breweries got together and made a corporation that ended up being this huge thing, I would give them a few years of leeway before I considered them big beer. Yeah. Like you got a few years where you're still a crap brewery before you've, you've certainly sold out. And then there's a point when you're going to sell out because you either mm-hmm. die a hero or you see <laughs> yourself become the become villain. And that's how I see it. But these breweries are still pretty much independent. There's only like four. Kind of there's only three breweries put together. So that's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's why it lists the three different uh, brewing areas, which allows Six Point to really brew out there. Because once you're in the city, I feel like you have to find a gypsy brewery willing to brew for you or you have to find a partner brewery or you have to expand because Basically. at some point you just can't it's not like anything around like here in connecticut or a lot of places here in connecticut not every mm-hmm. place or you know throughout the country where it's like oh we're just going to expand or hey let's move into a bigger location a lot of times in the city that's just not possible yeah because a lot of people rent out stuff in the city and you need very specific conditions to brew mm-hmm. so once you're in the city and you make a brewery, you're going to have to go out of the city, maybe even out of the state to find someone to brew with. Yeah. Then they have this little like bookmark on the back of their can, which has another skeleton. He's a little more silly looking. It says infinite loop series limited release. So I guess the skeleton, the skull is their infinite loop series logo. Oh, sure. And then it says a raspberry sour with superpowers. A lush, juicy burst of tart raspberry blitzes the taste buds like an electric blast of berry flavor and aroma. It's super raspy. Loads of raspberries and a touch of milk sugar have their powers combined for a mouthwatering, super tasty brew. And then the barcode is awesome because it's got the Statue of Liberty behind it and it's clear the barcode is New York. Yeah. That's pretty dope. So it's New York City is the barcodes. Uh, one point... What, one pint or 473 milliliters ale brewed with raspberry and milk sugar. So yeah, I don't think this is a Goza. No. I think that Untapped lied to you. And For I sure. think that where you bought it from, they just got the information off of Untapped. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you bought this because it's still really good. We haven't done Six Point yet. And everything we get from Six Point, I love. So I'm glad you still bought this. <laughs> I love that you were thinking of me when you thought, ooh, Mike's going to like a Goza. Yeah, of course. But now... Find me a goza. <laughs> uh, 
I really want also, to go there. B- before we got too far off the can art, yes, you were right about the, the skull being incorporated. Oh, the pineapple resin is all tiki'd out. I want that. Yes. Also, what's Apollo? I haven't had that yet. Or Invisible Haze. So many new beers from Six Boys. <gasps> the uh, Pizza Boy! Slice Sippers can art is dope. Yeah. Extravananza. Extravanana. I did see the tracksuit. smoked lager. I'm a little afraid of smoked lagers now, ever since we had it at Two Roads, which just wasn't very good. I've been uh, really I feel like spoiled they kind by. Of, I feel like they kind of rushed it. They probably put liquid smoke in there. Yeah. Whereas when we had the Schlenkerla. But that's the thing. I've been ruined by Schlenkerla. Yeah. That's, you can't beat Schlenkerla. It's a 700 or a thousand year old church that only makes smoked beers. No one's ever going to beat Schlenkerla. And I feel like now I've been spoiled. But also now that you've mentioned Schlenkerla, I need you to pick me up a Schlenkerla next time you go out to the liquor store. Yeah, it's getting to be just about Oktoberfest time. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be another variation that we haven't tried yet, right? I do love that smoked beer. You do. God, God it's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love this beer. I'm glad you bought it. Me too. Super raspberry, pick it up. Super raspy by six point. I finished it so fast. This you, is probably the really fastest did. I finished a beer so far this year. So far, yeah, it, it's up there with ever. I want to say on the podcast, right? So this is almost certainly going to make one of my top, yeah, ten at least, maybe top five. It, it can't not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is that's really really good. Even if it wasn't a goza, like oh my god, that's so easy drinking. An eight point three, Woo. dangerous dangerous now at that Lee point good. almost you want to stop around it like at some point it's like the proof goes up so much it's like i'd like to know that i need to stop yeah yeah <laughs> that's really good that's all i got that's all i got so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode and if you enjoyed it please rate it review it share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes you can find us on crackandoneopen.com or apple podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you get your favorite podcasts you can also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at crackandoneopen or shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments questions or suggestions because we always want to hear from you Especially if you're a brewery with an idea for a beer that you want us to try on the podcast. If you want us to chat up your beer, shout it out, do some posts about it. You know, you want to talk about the beer on Zoom or you want us to come on down and tour your facility and put that online as well. We'll absolutely do that. Yeah. So let us know. But anyway, what else you got to plug? I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever podcasts can be found, as well as ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. So while you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you there. Uh, I've also got audiobooks on Audible, Switch Our Fraud and Gangsters, The Final Girl, Coffee at Midnight, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, Vacation Planet, Progressive Entrapment. These books, I don't make money on them unless you buy them. It is right now, pretty much my job. I'm an audiobook narrator. So uh, if you want me to be able to put food on the table to make sure that Elise over here doesn't starve to death, that we can afford beer for the podcast and so that my puppy 
gets the medical treatment that she deserves. Oh my god. Because her vet bills cost a lot of money. And yeah, they're that's just true, regular actually. standard vet bills. We had to extract seven of her baby teeth because she just so like wouldn't many. lose them no matter how much stuff of ours she chewed. Her mouth was like a shark. <laughs> but yes, buy my audiobooks. It would help me out quite a bit. I no longer have my day job because it was killing me. Uh, so I'm hoping these ventures will bear fruit, but they'll only bear fruit if you help them grow. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, there we go. Sound like a wind chime. It almost sounded like, hey, it's windy outside. Yeah. Ready? No, hold on. Keep your thing there. (laughs) Yep. Wind chime. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. ASMR right there. Ooh. Attention, nerdy knights. Join Flo, Anders, and me, Colleen, at the well-rounded table for Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. From that Star Wars galaxy far, far away to Outlander Scottish Highlands, we consume it all. Listen along with us each week as we explore the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.